Welcome back to the Field Cross Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And sitting down with Sean Kirkwood. Am I the co-host? You're Yeah, you're the co-host. All right. Does that make you feel better? I, I, I like a title. Title helps <laughs> me talk better. Um, what are we talking about? Training, uh, like always, I guess. Yeah, let's training talk about training. How it affects your life. Training is a fast-moving uh, subject in this company. So um, the uh, so we, we've been scaling pretty heavily. Yep. And for those who don't know, uh, Sean's here in North Carolina, which is now the headquarters of training. And we are expanding the, uh, I kind of handle, I can handle uh, personal security, survival, med, all that kind of weirdo stuff. And Sean's in all the tactical stuff because he's cooler than me. I'm you way have to cooler be. than you. We you had a competition <laughs> and I won. <laughs> you have to be cool to do tactical training. I'm, I'm an American, right? so I'm, I'm, I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Boom, starting we, off. We went there, right? <laughs> wow. Um, that hurts. Sorry, man. A little bit. I apologize. No, I apologize. Don't. No, you don't. Um, but train has been, uh, we've been uh, expanding a lot. Uh, the, you know, it's it's tough looking at the at the new places to train and bringing training to people, especially as we're scaling around the country. Uh, but it's been good. I mean, and uh, the stuff that you've been doing is, there's just nobody else doing it. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's awesome that we're expanding and the breadth of the training that we have across the for people to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. It's it, needed more than ever, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you're huge, we're huge supporters of the Second Amendment. And as a guy who grew up in a country where you couldn't have a gun, unless you're in the IRA, um, that <laughs> the uh, the ability to carry a firearm to protect your family, um, to protect your house. Your belonging is a is a it's such a privilege, but in order to to uh, earn that privilege, you got to get trained. Like like to be yeah. walking around with a loaded firearm on you, with a minimal amount of training, is is somewhat irresponsible, right? So whether it's training with us or another reputable company, you really do need to get trained. And well, pop- such a responsibility. I mean, mm-hmm. just the ability to go out and do something. Uh, that responsibility you you have in your hands to you know take somebody's life is mm. is is huge. Yeah, and you got to take it that way. You got to look at it that way. You really do. Yep. And uh, you know mm-hmm. you got to be able to evaluate situations. That's why the personal security course is so good. Mm. It uh, it teaches everything before you pull that firearm out. Yeah, uh, it, it teaches you how to think, how to look at things, and how to you know make logical decisions not based on emotion necessarily because it's going to be a high emotion situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to make a logical decision because it's going to affect the rest of your life. It is. It is. And and avoidance, we we, we preach avoidance. We preach um, situational awareness. So you don't, like I, I've said in the course last weekend, look, I have decades of training. Decades, literally. You know what I do when somebody tailgates me on the highway? I move over, let him go. Yep. Because if I get in an altercation and we end up pulling over and he jumps out, I'm going to probably shoot him and yeah. kill him, right? I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with the BS of it. Um, you can be civilly sued. It's just easier to avoid and let that dumbass just go about his way. Um, so we do, we do on the personal security course, we talk about mindset and how fear affects the body. We also talk about the law deeply. I mean, we, we, we want the course to be very steeped in, in the law. You have the right to protect yourself and defend your family. However, if, you know, I, I've done it where I've drawn a line on the whiteboard and I kind of explain it like, this is your incident. Now, it might last a minute. It might last 30 seconds. It might last longer. Often it's very short. This is your incident, this line. In the middle of that line is your decision point to pull a firearm and use deadly force. On the left of that line is 
um, you possibly overreacting, taking an innocent life, escalating something that didn't need to be escalated, um, and, and maybe going, maybe being arrested, maybe going to jail, right? Because you yep. overreacted or you reacted too quickly. On the right side of that center line, that decision point line is you underreacting and not reacting quick enough, right? That could lead to rape, assault, murder, robbery, yeah. whatever that is, right? So you've got a tiny, tiny window to make a decision yeah. that is going to affect your life. So it, one it, way or the other, yes. even if you make the correct decision to save mm-hmm. your life, I mean, everybody thinks that, oh yeah, I'll, I'll shoot somebody and kill them and it's not going to affect me at all because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not necessarily true for everybody. There, no. every, a lot of pe- people are wired different. A lot of people are, a lot of people might not bother. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. it, it could be catastrophic for their their psyche and their, and their, their mental outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not a decision to be taken lightly, and it's, nor is it a decision that you should go into to have that capability to not be trained yeah. to your utmost. You know? Yeah, and, and um, some people, they have this idea that it's a very black and white decision, you know, black and white world, very, very structured. It's, it's gray. It's very, yeah. very difficult. And, uh, you know, we, we've had, without giving away scenarios, but we've had incidents where, you know, people will, will fire. And then when we, when we kind of talk to them later, it'd be like, okay, why did you shoot? And be like, well, he was threatening me and he was being creepy and you can't shoot somebody for being creepy. No. Half the population to be yeah. dead, you know? <laughs> yeah. You can't shoot people for being creepy, right? You can't make these decisions based no. on emotion. No. So I, I think it really does give people a healthy respect for what law enforcement officers go through every single day and get yeah. crucified yeah. if they make a bad decision or, or they make a decision that they believed was right at the time. But watching it on, on a, a body cam later on all the Monday morning quarterbacks yep. can weigh in who've never been in danger in their life. And everybody dissects every mm-hmm. second, every nanosecond of that decision. And, uh, you know, obviously anybody goes out there and does the wrong thing, law enforcement included, they mm-hmm. should be held accountable. Because when you, when you put on a badge, you you, you take an oath and you you uh, are held to a higher standard, which is absolutely the mm-hmm. as it should be. Yeah. But most of, most of the things that you see that are causing a lot of drama, it's just a law enforcement official or officer out there doing his best at doing their best every day to uphold the law and get home. Mm-hmm. I, I think looking at it from the outside, and I'm not a cop and I've never been a cop, but you know, we, we, we both spend our life in special operations, right? But it's not like we went to the Q course and then we stopped training. And it seems that way with cops a lot of time, they go to the academy and then they're trained and they do their job, right? In special operations, we continually trained. We never, we trained during deployments. Yeah. If there was no missions, yeah. we were hitting the shoot yeah. house, we were practicing, we were rehearsing, we were constantly training. And you know, all these morons that are like defund the police, that, that, that's not solving anything, it's making no. things worse. And what you should do, you should be getting more money because can you imagine a military model where a, a police officer works on the street for three weeks and then he takes a week, which gets him off the street, lets him, you know, get away from that yeah. horrible, you know, environment. And then they train. They train de-escalation, medical training, all the stuff they run into for one week. And it gives them kind of a break to get them off the street yeah. and then to go back into that cycle. Yeah. And of course, that takes money because you need more police officers and you need... So anybody who wants to defund the police has no interest in making things better. They just want to burn the system to yeah. the ground. Yeah. And it, it also takes time, which is, you know, even in the military, I've seen, you know, me and you have both been in a peacetime army, mm-hmm. you know, along with a wartime mm-hmm. army. 
And a lot of times the first thing to leave is training. Yeah. Like they, mm-hmm. and the flip side of that is as equipment gets more advanced and, and better equipment comes on board and you're mm-hmm. able to get it, people want to replace training with equipment. Yeah. Bad idea. And, and that's a bad idea. Yeah. Training or equipment augments your training. Yeah. It's not, it's not the other way around. You can't give me this great widget and I'm going to be the deadliest person on the planet or the best prepared because that human interaction and that mindset is really what's important. And you mm-hmm. get that through repetition and you get that through consistency of training. Yeah. Um, we, we've both worked in force mod and we've seen that time and time again. Yeah. The first thing that will get dropped in a program is the new equipment training. So we yeah. were fielding equipment in special operations and people were using it to a fraction of its capability because yeah. they just didn't understand how to use And I'll put myself in that bracket too. You know, yeah. Remember the big the big Vector Viper yeah, rangefinder, right? I do right? remember that, yeah. So that thing, you know, I, I spent three years in special operations, in sniper school, right? And then when I was back on my team, I was like, I, I started looking through the manual and I didn't realize, because that's got a, it's got a, a, a compass in it, right? Yeah. So we just use this rangefinder, right? 420 meters, so 380 yeah. meters, 800. I didn't realize you can sit in a hide and you can hit one button, hit another one, drag it across, and you can measure the length of uh, uh, like a HLZ, like a helicopter yeah. landing zone, right? You can, measure, you can measure doors and windows with that thing from where you're at. I didn't even know that, right? No. But again, no. I'm using a, a, a piece of equipment to a fraction of its capability because I'm too damn lazy to read the manual. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and you know, you, you multiply that by, you, you saw the amount of gear we have Ugh. in special operations. Yeah. So That's I, how we I solve was, problems with throwing money at. It is, yeah. So I got a spoiled kid. Let me throw money at it's, him. Yeah, it, it's, it's a... Uh, it, it like we, I would say that new equipment does not reduce the training requirement; it actually increases it, right? Yeah. Because you still got to train all the basics, you still got to train, you know, all the advanced stuff, and then and then so um, training, training, training. So law enforcement training. Let's talk about that because that's yeah. that's your kind of department. Where's that going right yeah, now? Yeah, it's going great. I'm pushing. I just got back from the Wyoming Law Enforcement Academy, talking with them, and uh, Wyoming uh, has one law enforcement academy. Does everything from their basic law enforcement. All the way up to advanced, you know, their advanced skills, you know, that where the, a patrol officer will come back and get trained. They're really interested in Wyoming and, and really switched on out there, the, the people in charge of their training with getting the best training to their law enforcement agents, mm-hmm. you know, because they're spread out everywhere. I was going to say, and they're almost rural. like, a, yeah, it's so rural. Those cops have to deal with everything, exactly. right? Yeah. We, we had a long conversation about that. They got to deal with everything from de-escalating a, a, a domestic disturbance mm-hmm. to... There's a threat in a school, and they, they're the only officer within 250 miles. Yeah, yeah. so they got to go in there and, and and secure that site. So we talk a lot about that, and the, and the the limiting factor for them a lot of times is training. It's mm-hmm. it's just not gear. So we're gonna go out there and we're working with them, and we're gonna we're gonna do some training right there at their academy with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna bring in law enforcement agents from around the country, whatever whoever they can get out there, and mm-hmm. we're gonna do some periodic training. Uh, we're gonna start out with vehicle dynamics, which is <clears throat> operating in and around a vehicle with firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the number one concern of theirs out there, which actually kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. I went out there thinking they'd want some longer range carbine or some uh, you know, yeah. pistol. And they were like in and around their vehicle. That's like wherever they go, that's their, that's their cover. That's mm-hmm. their safe haven. That's their resupply. And most of their incidents Mm. He gave me a stat when I was out there, but I don't remember it's it. It's really but good that they understand. They're right around the vehicle. Yeah, they understand where their their, uh, their weakness is, right? Yeah. That's actually really refreshing because yeah. I've trained cops before and I go, okay, what do you want to focus on? They're like, uh, I don't know. What do you think? You know, And I'm like, yeah. I don't know your department, uh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, um, other, the other one that was interesting was the number two criteria for them was there's the big discussion. We had it about five years ago in the military. 
from my perspective anyways, was red dot transition, like mm-hmm. on pistols. Do yeah. we go, like in my day, the only, we didn't really use red dots on pistols. Mm-hmm. Some guys, there was there one offs. Yeah. But it wasn't a thing. Well, now it's it's like a thing. And a lot of law enforcement officers now are seeing that the value of a red dot. Yeah. And being an old school guy, at first I was like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, iron sights, iron sights. But now I see the value of it. Mm. And they really want to get good for them. They want to get educated on transitioning mm-hmm. to a red dot. So the officer can make an informed decision, mm-hmm. not just be like an old school guy like me. It's like, yes. ah, all I need is my front sight post. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at this new technology and see if it fits, but they want to run a transition course yeah. So we're going to run an operator course for each individual, and then we're going to run a train-to-trainer course because like a special forces model, if you train somebody how to do something you where they can go back to their agency, wherever it is, mm-hmm. they could train internally and get more people qualified yeah. in their agency because we, we can't be there all the time. Yeah, I, I think people need to realize that if it makes you a fraction of a second faster <laughs> yeah. in a gunfight, that may be all you need. Yeah. Even an yeah. incremental improvement in a gunfight Makes a difference, yeah, right? Every bit. Um, you want every edge you can get. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. But we've, we've. I, I, I know it's human nature, and you, you're always going to get the pushback. Oh, I've been using this for years and years and years. Um, but it, it, the, for the military, the reason special operations went to red dot sites was clearing on their night vision goggles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah. Which is yeah. huge. Um, remember, we ran. Me and you ran the uh, use stock sniper comp years ago, and we had one event. Night firing with a pistol. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And there was like one team had red dot and, yeah. and nods. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else was like, oh, focus my sights or focus the target. And yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, it's, well, t- the, the, you know, the world evolves. And I think that's where you say the training, the equipment has to integrate in with the training. Mm. The first, the first question anybody should ask is what, what training do I need to get better at this task? Mm-hmm. If my task is firing a pistol more effectively, there's a lot of things you can do to fire a pistol more effectively. Now, if I can add a piece of equipment onto my weapon system that increases my capability a little bit, that's awesome. Mm. But don't start with, okay, I got this great equipment. Now let's work some training in around the equipment. That's mm-hmm. that's not really the best way to do it. Yeah. Have they have they looked at drones up there in Wyoming at all? Uh, without getting away with TTPs or anything? <sighs> I didn't that, even talk to them about drones. That drones I, are such a, having worked in Force Mod and looked at what the capabilities yeah. are for a big wide open area like that. Drones are just an incredible capability. There was a guy next to my house today. I got. I was pulling out of the driveway. Yeah. And he was in a truck standing there. You know, he yeah. looked like a construction type guy. Zipped the drone up in the air. Yeah. And I was so. Of course, I stop. I'm like, yeah. Why is this guy flying a drone in my neighborhood? Yeah. So I stop and I ask him, and he was a roofing and like he was from a oh, roofing company. Yeah. And they were doing an inspection on a roof because yeah. they were going to do a job on it. Yeah. And I was like, man, it used to be guys climbed up on, on top of roofs, yeah. and he's a younger guy, and he's like, man, that's old school. We don't climb on roofs. <laughs> he literally was flying a drone around the roof. Wow. So that's I'm awesome. Like, it's yeah. a roofing guy, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. So I imagine they got to use them out there because it's wide open. Mm, I mean, it yeah. was wide open. Yeah, looking for a car or something like yeah. that, or, or even like a lost kid, or uh, yeah. I mean, the applications are huge. Yeah, and drones are fairly inexpensive. Yeah, and easy to fly now, much much easier than yeah. It used the to technology's be. there. So, but law, we're pushing hard with law enforcement. Uh, you know, not only like Mike, you know, Glover, he put out, he's given a lot of free law enforcement mm-hmm. training, obviously. Yeah. And when we go out and do law enforcement training if we are charging, it's at a drastic discount Mm -hmm. because we want the most people to get trained as possible. Yeah. Yeah, We have some costs as an organization that we have to cover, but we're going to give them the very best price we can get out there and and work with them on law enforcement, the law enforcement agents on their skills. And Mike is out there, like even with the Houston PD shooting that just recently happened, he's been in touch with the, with Houston PD and Mm -hmm. he's going to try to help. I think it's our opportunity to, in my opinion, uh, law enforcement officers now compared to like 20 years ago, they're seeing a lot of stuff now that we dealt with overseas, mm. maybe not to the scale that we saw it, but 
things like ambushes. Like mm-hmm. the, there was a recent shooting uh, in New York. Those guys, from what I've heard, and I'm, I, I'm not an expert on all the circumstances, but it appears that the person that killed those two uh, officers in New York was waiting on them, and he basically ambushed them when they came yeah. it, it, the, to mm-hmm. uh, responding to a domestic disturbance. That stuff that is a law enforcement officer, I, I can only imagine that that's probably 20 years ago, probably were never in their mindset. No. They were going to go in there and fix the problem and nobody was going to be waiting in ambush. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that they have to deal with now. It's and a they have horrible to understand. thing to deal with as a law enforcement because you get called to, to all these calls here, there, and, yeah. there. and if every one of them can be an ambush, that's what used yeah. to happen in Northern Ireland. Like the police in Northern Ireland would get called to a robbery or something and they'd show up mm-hmm. and there'd be an ambush. and they get yeah. So it got to the point where you know, a car gets stolen and two police officers show up and with two platoons of soldiers to surround the whole area and yeah. cordon it all off and block everything in to 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 uh, answer a simple criminal investigation. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just got ridiculous. And and Fieldcraft Survival, the, the thing about this company, which is actually really cool and actually not really smart in the business world is, it's actually not about the money for this company in, no. in many times. Like we, we, we cut courses to the bone to cover our costs. And, and it obviously you it costs money to run a company and you have to be profitable or you won't be around very long, but it's not the primary focus. And us doing uh, training for law enforcement is not us saying, Hey, we're special operations. We're going to yeah. come in, come in and show you how to, how it's done. That's not the case, but we have, we have a lot of skills that we'd like to share and, and we support law enforcement. We, we, we 100%. absolutely 100% support law enforcement in this country because without them, there's chaos. And they have a very difficult job. And and we had a difficult job. But you know what? We deployed and we came home. Yeah, we were, on, we were on the offense. Yes, we were. Yeah. We, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, honestly, a law enforcement officer uh, is on the defense. Yeah. Uh, whatever they go out, they have to be on the defense because they're, they're not, they can't have the initiative and they can't take the initiative and take the fight to the enemy like we, yeah. we would do. Yeah. And they have a way harder job than we ever mm-hmm. had in special operations, and, and honestly. We, yeah. And we... They're accountable for every bullet they fire in a way that we really weren't no. in a wartime situation, and they will get crucified for making a mistake. So it's a very, very tough job, and um, the, the support of the people is absolutely crucial for them, and, and Fieldcraft Survival are a huge supporter of law enforcement. So, yeah. um, hey, if we can help, reach out, and uh, absolutely, uh, we, we, we'll do what we can. So this was a short 20-minute podcast. This is what Mac told me to do, because people are pulling into the drive now because it was a short commute home, right? Yeah, so that's it. we're going to do more of these, and uh, we do these anyway. We sit in, in the office there, and we BS in the morning yeah, for, that's for all 20 we do. minutes. Just throw gas on each other, <laughs> complain about the world, you know, so we yep. might as well do it on a, on yeah. a you know, we record it and well. put it out to other people, right? Yeah. If you want more, more of these short podcasts, then... Uh, Tell Mike Glover. <laughs> Tell Mike Glover. Um, I'm Jerry Lancer. He's not busy at all. No, he's doing yeah. nothing. He's yeah. just hanging out. I, I think he plays a lot of video games. That's, that's what I've heard anyways. <laughs> I'm not sure he sleeps or, he, or eats. <laughs> I don't think he does I don't either. think he does. I don't either. think yeah. he does. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's it. Until the next time, stay alert. Stay alive. <laughs>